0: Welcome to Zen for Everyday Life, with Matt Valentine. Insight, inspiration, and wisdom for living a more mindful, peaceful, and joy-filled life. Episode number 36. Welcome, once again to this special space we have together each week. I am Matt Valentine, and today we will be talking about one of my favorite topics, and something that I've been sort of working on for some time, uh, which is how to live with the spirit of Zen in your daily life. And I'll talk in a moment a little bit more about exactly what I mean by that, living with the spirit of Zen. Uh, But before we get to today's episode, you can visit buddhaimonia.com. That's B-U-D-D-H-A-I-M-O-N-I-A.com to get my weekly blog posts, various mindfulness and meditation guides, podcast episode show notes, my books, and various other resources. Plus, you can join the weekly Budhaimonia newsletter at buddhaimonia.com forward slash newsletter, to uh, get various free gifts and my weekly newsletter, and you can pick up my free ebook, The Little Book of Mindfulness, which is a A to Z introduction to the practice of mindfulness meditation. So again, that's at buddhaimonia.com forward slash newsletter. Uh, so having said that, let's get to today's episode. So as I mentioned, we are talking about how to live with the spirit of Zen uh, in your life, in exactly what what that means, and I'm going to talk about why that's important, which is a really big. Uh, it's a big misconception. It's a big part of Western society, and then we're going to cover uh, sort of the major principles behind that, and then ten real actionable points. Uh, some of them are really easy and simple. Some of them really easy. Uh, and a little more complicated. Some are very simple and straightforward, but take a little bit more work. And some are... uh, Yeah, so it's kind of like all across the spectrum. A lot of them are real easy, and every point includes real actionable steps. So uh, I always make sure to include that. So first and foremost, what exactly do I mean by living with the spirit of Zen in your everyday life, in your daily life? So... What I mean by living with the spirit of Zen, I mean to embody Zen practice and Zen principles in your daily life. And so, just to be clear, uh, right from the get-go, this doesn't involve or require you being, you know, a Zen Buddhist. This isn't a requirement. Uh, This is the tradition that I came from, and and a lot of what I talk about on, on the podcast and the blog and my work, you know, Zen principles are are integrated into that. Um, and uh, but so many of these principles are really just universal. It's just Zen is is a it's a method of practice, and if through that practice, it becomes a place to which we can arrive at you know these sort of pieces of wisdom. You could call them uh, but they are not owned by Zen in any way so uh, and I think that's part of uh, I think part of what attracts or attracted the Western world uh, to Zen is that and uh, Buddhism in general is that there's that quality where uh, you know it's not pulling you in you know you're not going to get somebody who goes to your door and asks you if you want to be a Buddhist you know tells you the world's gonna end tomorrow. Um so and but it's the kind of thing that there is there are certain principles or certain truths to life, and then we can live in a way to where we make ourselves most acclimated to those and there by live in a way to where we are happier and more at peace, and so to live with the spirit of Zen. Is not to be a Zen Buddhist necessarily, or anything in that way. It's it's to embody these principles, uh, which are cornerstones of Zen, Zen, and Zen practice, and to live them in our everyday life and in whatever our life looks like. And for many of us, you know, that's our our family and and work and various additional responsibilities. Whether you know we have a hobby or we like to play sports or you know, you're building a business on the side or you have something that you love to do with your kids or or uh, with your wife or your husband or your spouse or your significant other, whatever that might be. There's all these different things that we have, you know, on our plate, uh, so to speak. And it's living with the spirit of Zen is to live, uh, to embody Zen practice, to embody these principles in your life as it is and not to... Um, while well, you can set out to live, uh, you know, your life differently, you can choose to go and, you know, study Zen in a monastery or that sort of thing, uh, which is not so much really a thing anymore. Uh, Zen has greatly declined in, in Japan, and, you know, the sort of golden age of Zen is, is, is done in Japan. And it's largely migrated to the U.S. now, and there's more Zen centers than there are monasteries, although they do exist. So this is a possibility. Um, but it's, uh, it's not about that. You don't have to do that. You can just live these principles in your life. And I think for most of us, we don't really have any desire to go off and make some sort of vast change to our life. We want to learn how, we want to know how to live our life as it is right now, better, more peaceful, more balanced, and, you know, just live more skillfully, more effectively, happier, happier. Uh, with ourselves and, and our families and our loved ones around us. And so that's what living with the spirit of Zen is. It's embodying Zen practice. It's embodying what those Zen monks and nuns have done for hundreds of years uh, and what the various different Zen practitioners still do today and taking that and putting that into your life as it is now. And so I want to talk a little bit about why this is so important. And it's important to me not to just talk about this, like, hey, this is something that's really cool that you can do, that can have have a real positive effect on your life. It's important to me to talk about, and I haven't talked about this as much as I would have liked, although I have absolutely talked about this before. Um, Or at least maybe I haven't talked about it for a while. Um, But the reason why this is so, uh, why this interests so many people. The reason why Zen principles, in general, uh, Zen practice, inter- interest so many people—the things that, that Zen practice stands for—in uh, some ways, in large part, in Buddhist practice. Although, I, you know, this, as I mentioned before, Zen is the tradition that I come from, and in particular, I'm kind of focusing in on what are more large these Zen principles here. Uh, but yeah, of course, keeping in mind that some of these are also universally Buddhist. Um, what really attracts us to Zen, to these principles, and to this to this practice, uh, and you know the accompanying uh, practices of mindfulness and meditation, are that we were raised to believe that we needed to sacrifice. That you know we sort of had to to sacrifice our happiness now like a, a smaller form of happiness or something and and suffer intentionally to become successful and then to find ultimate happiness ultimately to find this lasting everlasting happiness uh, you know at the end of the rainbow you know the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow And we always need to look to the future instead of living in this moment always looking at the future what's next Progress, moving forward, getting again to the end of that, that rainbow. Uh, and are we sort of neglecting our life right here and now. Uh, neglecting ourselves, neglecting our health, physical and mental. Uh, much more mental than physical. Uh, and even neglecting our loved ones in a lot of cases. You know, um, and little sleep, bad diets little to no physical fitness. Or if we do have that, maybe we just have that, and we definitely don't have any sort of mental fitness. Uh, We're not keeping ourselves up. We're not taking time for ourselves. We're not taking care of ourselves in general. And it's all, again, to get to that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, which ultimately doesn't exist. And that's not to say that you know material wealth doesn't exist from hard work. Um, That's a thing, but... What's below that? Why we go after that? Why we want that? Why do we want success? We want success because we want to be happy. And most of us don't really make that connection, or we think that the happiness that we feel in this moment, doing something simple with our families, is different from the, the happiness that we're going to feel when we become successful and then go do something with our family. <laughs> we, you know, we, we paint this beautiful... um fanciful picture of what our life will look like when this happens when that happens when everything aligns perfectly and everything is great and amazing and perfect (laughs) which just never happens uh you know the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is just another step uh in a set of stairs in a sort of way uh, you know, you kind of just move up. You always have challenges. You don't get away from the challenges. Not that they don't exist anymore. You don't feel all of a sudden like you're just, you're perpetually happy. That just doesn't exist. We have this, this really wrong idea of what success looks like in the Western world. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's led to us living in a way to where we sacrifice ourselves. And in many ways we, we even sacrifice, uh, you know our relationship, our relationships with our loved ones, just just it's everything. It's ourselves and our loved ones, and that's really all that's that's so important. And so we we sacrifice what's most important to us in our life to get this imaginary, to get the, just this this idea, this vision of what uh, true happiness, this this everlasting happiness, looks like, which just isn't isn't a thing, and so. And coming from, from that vantage point and understanding that, that was you know, we were raised to believe that. That was bred in us since we were little. Uh here come you know, so many different things, but in this case we're talking about Zen and the principles of Zen, these principles that are saying, you know, you can be happy in this moment. And also too, that it's not that you can't work towards something. You can absolutely work towards something, but you should do it in the right way, in a way to where you're you're maintaining your mental and also your physical health, your well-being in general, to where you're taking care of yourself and your loved ones. Really, ultimately, you can be working towards something, especially something that's important, something that really has significance in the world. Uh, But doing so in a way to where you don't forget about what's most important. You have your priorities straight. So these principles of Zen, they remind us of something that we know sort of innately. It's sort of intuitive. Uh, We know that being present in this moment is really what's important. That this is really where happiness exists. And just to be present for this moment, just to be mindful of this moment as it is, is just really where we find peace. And... So these principles resonate or resonate with us and we feel some sort of truth in them, some sort of connection in them. And this is because we know, again, sort of intuitively that the way that we're living is not how we're supposed to be living. It's not the way that we, the way to true, true happiness, the peace that we ultimately want, the contentment. And... And again, not that we can't work in a way to where we, you know, we work to build something that will benefit ourselves, our families, and and society and the world, to where we can't work hard. But more in that the way that we do it is wrong. We mix up our priorities and we think that we can neglect what's most important. Uh, And also that we think that that makes us more effective. And actually there's a a lot of science to back up that that's not true. Uh, getting less sleep, not taking care of our mind, ignoring our relationships. All these things have detrimental effects on our performance and our work, actually. Uh, I'm going to look around. It's been a a little while since I have uh, linked to some of the various different studies, and there's so many different things out there, honestly. You could just type into Google various different phrases, you know, the science of of sleep and and mental well-being and all kinds of different things. There's a lot of science out there that that proves that this is the case, really decades' worth of studies. And it's just, uh, you know, society, the world has just hasn't quite, quite uh, caught up to this knowledge. It hasn't become just a part of who we are yet. Uh, but that's something that's really important to me. And a big part of why I do what I do is just to get that word out there and hopefully help make that shift uh, as a people, just to, in the world at large. Uh, so many people live in that way or we don't take care of ourselves, particularly talking about our mental well-being and just ignoring that and thinking that that's okay it's okay to live that way uh, but we just uh, all we want to do is just be happy we want to be happy when we want our loved ones to be happy and safe and and if that's what we want well we really need to make a change the way that we live um, of course I, I talk about the western world particularly that's what I what I know and what I can, what I can really speak of uh, personally. So having said that, let's move on. I'm going to talk about some some major principles. They're just three quick, I'm going to quickly summarize these major principles, which when you sort of distill down this idea of living with the spirit of Zen to its just its major principles, if you want to understand it real quickly, it's these principles sort of summarized. And the major 10 points I'm going to cover in this, this episode all kind of fit into one of, or sometimes more, of these sort of major principles. So the first is to live with, and remember this is embodying the spirit of Zen, uh, the principles and the practice in your life. So they're all living with these things, living with the energy of mindfulness. Now, those of you who have followed the podcast for some time or the blog, you know this is, uh, you, this is a big part of what I talk about, and I talk about it quite often, uh, so you know what this is all about. For those of you who don't, I'm going to link in the show notes to uh, some of my best resources on the practice of mindfulness and meditation, uh, but ultimately this is about being uh, you know, just fully aware, just alive in each moment. I know there's that aspect of concentration or that single-pointed awareness, which I'm going to talk a little bit about later on in one of the sub-points or one of the ten points that I talk about. You know, when you're doing something, you're fully in that moment, doing that thing. And whatever it is that you're doing in that moment, even if you're relaxing at home, you know, you're relaxing and not letting, you know, the events of the day or the worries of the future uh, overtake you or take you away from that moment. You know you can recognize the thoughts and understand they're there, and I see you there, you acknowledge them, but to still be in that moment, to come back to to what you're doing in that moment, and to just be fully present uh, in your life as it is. And number two, simply and naturally. And so there's kind of a lot to this. Um, Again, these are major principles. But ultimately, this is understanding that, that less is more. And being aware of how this affects the state of our mind. And this is so true. The way that you live, whether simply or in a more complicated way, and the, you know, the different responsibilities and things that you take on, they have a big effect on your mental well-being, on your well-being as a whole, your happiness and your peace. And also accepting things fully as they come, and sort of, you know as they say, going with the flow of things. Uh, I'll link to an article in the show notes where I talk about this. It's called Zen and the Art of Adapting the Life's Curveballs." Balls. So it's just all about that sort of idea of going with the flow of things, accepting things fully as they come, uh, or at least making more of an effort to do so, and, uh, and using that as an opportunity for practice. So again, simply and naturally. And then lastly, compassionately, living compassionately and lovingly. And this is all about being concerned for you know not just the well-being of others, the the well-being of others, but also the well-being of ourselves. As I mentioned, we ignore that. It's not just about being concerned for others' well-being because we actually ignore our own. So it's being about being compassionate and loving with ourselves and with others as well, and also ultimately understanding or working to be more aware of how we're all interconnected. So how those things are connected, ourselves and others, all others, uh, and all diff- various different things. So ourselves, others' well-being, uh, and then also the interconnected nature of things. So those are the ma- sort of major principles. As I mentioned, uh, all the different points uh, that I've sort of worked on, the various different uh, different lessons, with regards to you know, living with the spirit of Zen in your everyday life, all kind of sort of come down to these major principles. Living with the energy of mindfulness, living simply and naturally, and living compassionately, lovingly. And again, there's a lot to some of these these three principles, a lot that you can kind of unpack from them. Uh, but knowing these major principles really helps you understand more clearly what this is really about. Uh, again, ultimately, all of these 10 points I'm about to cover come down to or fit into one of these three major principles. So now I'm going to cover 10 principles. As I mentioned, some of these are really simple and straightforward. Uh, most of these are really simple and easy to understand. Some of them are easy to uh, to implement and to start practicing. Uh, some of them are more difficult, but they're all very valuable, and they all have certain things you can do now to easily begin to, uh, to implement. In your life, so I've got sort of simple, sort of action steps for each of these, even if they're uh, even if they take more work and are more complicated. So, rolling right into this, these are ten points again for how you can live uh, with more of the spirit of Zen in your everyday life. So, number one is to reevaluate, and I'm going to go in a sort of an order here for at least maybe the first five or so sort of a specific order that I'm following so reevaluate your dreams and your goals and really what I mean by this first point is to really understand clearly what is important to you in your life so remember as I go through these points we're talking about living with the spirit of Zen embodying Zen principles and Zen practice as a Zen practitioner if you if you think about, you know, hundreds of years ago in Japan, I always like to sort of imagine an you know, old Zen monk practicing, and the way that they would practice in their monasteries uh, so intensely, so focused. The effort was very specific. It was it was understood exactly what it was, what you were practicing, why you were practicing. And so, for many of us, though, the way that we live our life is our priorities are mixed up. We work in a way to where we put too much time into what's not all that important, or at least not nearly as important or not as important as those things which are most important to us. And so this is all about looking at your life and looking at your priorities and your goals, where you're at, what's most important to you and where you want to go, and reevaluating that. Am I putting the largest amount of my effort into what's most important or am i putting a large amount of work or a lot of a large amount of effort time energy into something that's not nearly as important as these other things which i'm not putting that much energy into so that's really what it's about just reevaluate what's most important to me and how much time and energy am i putting into each one of these things should i put more can i put more Am I putting too much energy into something else that's less important That's something something else? And is this really what I want my life to be about? What is what is really most important to me in my life? What do I really want to put my time into? And uh, so leading on from that to, to point number two, simplify your daily activities down to the essentials. So you really need to know what's most important to you to really move on to this step. But a Zen practitioner... When you, talk, when you talk about a Zen monastic, a monk or a nun living in a monastery, uh, really any monastic, uh, monastic construct, you're simplifying your life down to the essentials. When you think about a monastic, a monk or a nun, they are simplifying their life absolutely down to the essentials, down to the most important thing. And in that case, it's their spiritual practice. And uh, you know, directly tied to that, of course, their own well-being, and in many cases, especially in Buddhism, and this is absolutely true in Zen, uh, and the well-being of others. Very much so, there is that effort that you're making is for the well-being of others as much as it is your own. And so, it's very clear in that case what's most important to them, where their priorities are, and so their daily activities are simplified down to those essential, to down to the things that are essential to accomplishing those you know sort of goals or those efforts or those intentions. And so when you know what's most important to you, it's easy to begin to work to simplify your daily activities down to the essential things that allow you to maintain or accomplish uh, or to focus on those things which mass- matter most to you. So remember, this is about really embodying the practice and taking action. Uh, there's not really a lot of fluff here. This is really a lot of taking action and really, again, embodying these principles in this practice. And so again, simplify your life, your daily activities, down to the essentials based on what's most important to you. So if it's, if it's yourself, yourself and, and your well-being, your loved ones and their well-being, Uh, and uh, that's what's most important to you, then you live in a way to where your daily activities reflect that. And you simplify your daily life down to the essential things that allow you to do that. And other things, while not necessarily being removed, are are at least reduced to where you focus your daily life on what matters most. And then moving on from that, number three, and... I phrase this different way sometimes. I like to phrase like this sometimes because it kind of jolts jolts you. But live as if you're going to die. Now, of course, that's sort of playing here. You know that you're going to, of course. But the whole idea is that, uh, you know, at least in the Western world, we, um, we sort of ignore that. <laughs> and we ignore the fact that we are going to die. And... I always remember this story from uh, my this philosophy one oh one teacher uh back in college, uh, which is at this point uh some ten ten or so years ago, ten or eleven years ago. Um he I think the topic was death. I can't remember exactly. But he started to talk about he started to talk about graveyards, uh, cemeteries, um, and he was talking about how we put them in places that are you know away from you know the larger populations. That we put them in sort of off roads. Uh, we don't put them in major you know major streets. Where you know most of us would pass by them on a regular basis, we gotta put them off to the side so that we don't run into them very often. And I wasn't sure if this is true or not at the time, but over the course of you know the past decade or so, I've, over time, anytime I see one, I actually I, I kind of note that, and I remember you know where did I just see that, and where am I at right now? And if I'm familiar with the area, I kind of note, hey, you know what? And in most cases, that's absolutely true. And this particular, you know, cemetery is actually far removed, or at least somewhat removed to where it's on, like, sort of an off-street from the major populated areas of a particular city or town. And so the whole idea behind that is that we, at least in the Western world, we ignore the fact of our own impermanence. We ignore the knowledge that we all have that someday we're going to die. That we are going to die. And we ignore that, or we do everything we can to avoid that. And I'm not going to get into the different things that we do, do to avoid it. Uh there's so many different things that we do in the Western world to avoid that. Uh to not have to think about it. But we really After a while, we really condition ourselves to sort of ignore that uh, and act like it's not there, like it's not a thing. Uh, So, But this is all about living your life in a way to where you are aware of that, quite simply. So you discover what's most important to you. And then you restructure your life in a way to where you live. You reflect that. And then you remember each day that you are impermanent and everything in your life everything precious to you is impermanent as well. And that's not to, you know, to sort of get down ab- about. That's not what it's about. Uh, and, uh, and this is really just a Buddhist practice, uh, but uh, there have been some stories recently written about how uh, in, in Bhutan, it's a practice to, you know, like a sort of a weekly practice to reflect on death and the knowledge of your own impermanence and, you know, sort of, is this a reason why... Uh, they're the happiest country in the world, uh, you know. But again, this is sort of like just a general Buddhist practice and they're a uh, predominantly Buddhist country. Um, and so that's really what this is This is about. It's reflecting on, on the truth of your own impermanence. And you can do this however often you want. You don't have to make it a formal practice. You could make it a formal practice. For me, it is. Uh, I have a wallpaper on my computer that is on... Uh, the uh, Buddha's Five, the Buddha's Five Recollections, which are largely about that. And I'll give a link in the show notes to an episode in which I talked about those and gave it practice that you can use to uh, uh, to really make great use of that. Just a really great practice, a simple one. Uh, but again, live as if you're going to die. Uh, live with the knowledge of your own impermanence. Don't run from it, but actually remind yourself of it. And it just allows you to appreciate life so much more. It reminds you how precious each day, each moment with just being here is. You know, being with a loved one is. It allows you to live better. It allows you to live in a way to where you're happier, you're more at peace. Uh, you don't get to the end of your life and just realize that your priorities were all out of whack, and that you wish you had done this or that. You live your life always aware of your impermanence, saying, "You know, I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to live the best life I could, I, I can live." And uh, you know, it's no coincidence that quite often it's when people have near-death experiences that they go on to live these amazing lives, and that's because they are reminded. They were reminded in such a stark fashion. That, you know, I'm actually not permanent. I'm actually going to die. And that sound that might sound kind of funny, but for most of us, we don't think about that at all. We ignore it, as I mentioned. And when we really take the time to remind ourselves of it, it actually doesn't, doesn't have a negative effect. It has a, a hugely positive one. And we just really live in a way to where we, we make the most of life. So live as if you're going to die. Live with the knowledge of your own impermanence. Next, monitor mental nutriment, number four. This is all about monitoring the things that you consume. And so more than just food, this is about what you take in through all of your senses, what you hear, what you see, what you do on a regular basis. And this is a big one. There's really a lot to this. But to sort of focus this and give you some really actionable uh, steps for this point, um, we talk about what you hear. This could be the radio, podcasts, music, Uh, what you watch. These could be videos on YouTube, other videos online, on Facebook, uh, TV, movies, TV shows, uh, all kinds of different things. Uh, What you do on a regular basis, this could have to do with the people that you're around. What conversations do you hear and take part in on a regular basis? What kind of things do your friends do uh, and do you take part in them? uh and do they encourage hatred do they encourage different principles that you uh would rather not live with uh different principles that breed you know greed ignorance again hatred anger uh or do they breed positive qualities do they breed happiness joy peace uh or just, you know, develop, uh, you know, develop, you help you learn uh, and grow in different ways. So it's all about asking yourself. And it's not always so simple. You know, there's, it, the world is not just, it's not about all loading up on positivity. You know, one of the things that comes up in this, this category that I want to make sure to mention, uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I want to make sure to mention this is the news. And you might think that, well, should I watch the news then? Should I pay attention to it? Because it's so it's, it's largely negative, but especially right now. And yes, what you really want is you want a realistic view. You want a view of reality. You don't you're not trying to load yourself up on positivity. You're trying to load yourself up on reality. Because r- the reality is the world is, you know there's part of part of the world that is what the news reflects. Um, but that's just what the news reports on. That's not the entirety of reality. But it's important to know that. It's important to know what's going on in the world. You know, we should be a part of that. We should be a part of the solutions. We should be a part of making a difference and helping others. Uh, but there's so much positivity. There's just as much positivity in the world as there is this seeming negativity. So, you know, even in each, all the way down to a simplified sense, and in each moment, there's things that you can be appreciative for, as we talked about, living as if you're going to die, aware of your own impermanence. Uh, so, again, this is not about loading up a positivity, but it is being aware of how, you know, the in Buddhism, it's called the three poisons, the uh, hatred, uh, ignorance, and greed. And thinking about these three qualities, and whether or not we're absorbing these qualities or more positive qualities, uh, such as joy and peace, and you know, constructive things that are teaching us and helping us learn and grow in the things that we that we consume. Uh, and so again, it's it's about really focusing on those qualities, not so much just like loading up on positivity, because that's not life. That's not how life is. It's really about reality and and just seeing things equally. And it's about taking care of ourselves, really. So a real simple and actionable thing that you can do is to pay attention to the devices that you use, particularly your smartphone and your computer, computer, your laptop, maybe use a tablet, whatever it might be. And pay attention to the websites that you visit. Uh, What videos do you watch? Uh, What things do you listen to from your computer? And what do you read? And ask yourself, is it cultivating these qualities in me? You know, a sort of greed. Uh, And that doesn't just refer to money. That refers to just greed in a general sense. Uh, Ignorance. Uh, Does it breed hatred in me? And that's a big one, especially right now, with a lot of what's going on in the world. Does it cultivate this hatred in me? And to some degree, just paying attention to what's going on in the world, uh, you know, you can get some of that, but it's, again... It's a delicate balance. It's, it's about really, am I just consuming these things and just getting negativity, or am I learning about what's going on in the world? Uh, and then always making sure that you're consuming enough, um, not positivity, but good messages that are helping you learn and grow uh, towards greater peace and happiness for yourself and those around you. So, and that could be in anything like a podcast like this or in videos or what you read on a blog or books or all kinds of different things. But again, real simple, actionable step. But pay attention to the devices that you use and what you read, watch, and listen to and ask yourself just those simple questions. I feel like this is really good for me. Should I cut back on this? And uh, things aren't always so simple. There's goods and bads to certain things. There's positives and negative qualities to certain things you consume. But just use your best judgment and just start on it. It just it takes work. This is a big category, but just uh, uh, make your best effort. Number five: establish a daily routine for your life. So, Zen practice. If you look up, uh, if you study on it, what it was like to to really be a resident. Uh, as you might call it, in, um, monastic, in one of these monasteries, there's a great sense of order, uh, or was a great sense of order in that sort of Zen practice. And in in general, in Zen practice, there's a great sense of order still. No matter how you practice, um, that's sort of a characteristic, defining characteristic of Zen specifically. And the reason why the sense of order is important is because it, it, there's a few things. It, that structure is important in general sense for progression. Uh, but it's also important because it gives us something to step out of from time to time. And there's sort of a liberating quality to stepping out of that sense of order. Uh, and it, that's very important. Uh, but you can't do that if you don't have that sense of order. So establish a daily routine for your life. It's, this is be something really, really simple. It's just knowing what you do each day. And when you know what's important to you, and you simplify your daily activities down to the essentials, uh, this has a way of, in large part, kind of falling into place. Uh, but it's important to actually establish a daily routine for your life. And, of course, things kind of change moment by moment sometimes, and that's okay, no problem. Just You just do your best here to establish more of a sense of order here more of that sense of order uh, as reflected uh, in Zen practice, in Zen principles, really, and practice. And giving yourself that environment that allows you to learn and grow, but also allows you to sort of step out of that from time to time and, uh, you know, in a very positive, constructive way, experience a sort of sense of sort of liberation from that sense of order, Uh, again, which can be very positive. So number six, I'm going to go through these next two points kind of quickly because I cover them in detail a lot on the podcast. And I have episodes to refer to them uh, on different resources that'll really help you work on these two points. And again, since I talk about them uh, so often, I'm not going to go into detail about them here, but I am going to mention them because they are so important to this topic of living with the spirit of Zen practice. So Number six is establish a home meditation practice. Uh, But something I want to mention here that I don't don't always talk about is to make that practice simple and convenient. And what I mean by that is to blend it in to your everyday life. So to practice, to to be a Zen monk or a nun, to be a monastic at a a Zen monastery, uh, to practice at a Zen center is to make meditation such a big part of your life. Uh, Zen practitioners are, practitioners are known to practice meditation for some of the longest lengths of time uh, of really any uh, Buddhist tradition in general. Um, really, really long periods of time, especially during their sessions, uh, where they can practice four, you know, three to three quarters to you know, four-fifths of an entire day <laughs> with little sleep and uh Pretty insane schedules sometimes, and of course that's not the normal schedule. But even on a normal day, you could be looking at eight hours of of meditation. So really long periods of meditation to the point where it just becomes a regular part of your life. And of course, you know in this case we're not talking about meditating for eight hours. Uh, You know most of you won't even meditate for one to two hours in a day, and that's okay. It's totally fine if you sit down for, you know, fifteen minutes. Sit down for thirty minutes, great, it's awesome. Forty-five minutes, you're just rock star! It's amazing. Uh, even if you start yourself off just a couple of minutes, you move yourself up five minutes, ten minutes as you go, as you progress your practice. That's great. It's absolutely awesome. Just the fact that you're doing that, you're sticking to it, which is difficult in itself. Um, that right there uh, is really what matters. Uh, but blend it into your life. Make it a part of your life. Schedule a meditation time. Make your meditation space. Do what you need to do to make it a regular part of your life. To really integrate it into your life, even if it's just a regular sitting meditation practice for a few minutes a day. Make it to where it doesn't feel like it's out of place. Give it, uh, make it, give it its own place, its own space in your schedule. Give it its own space in your life in every way that you can, mentally, physically, uh, you know, sort of chronologically, time based. Um, so that it really becomes integrated with your life. And that's an important part of this that I wanted to really isolate. isolate. But Establish your own meditation practice and again, make it uh, simple and convenient, really blend it into your everyday or integrate it into your everyday life. Number seven, live with the energy of mindfulness. Now this is one of the major principles, but it's an important uh, point that I wanted to mention here because you have your own meditation practice and a big part of Zen practice is to also live with the energy of mindfulness. And each moment, from the moment they get off of their cushion, a Zen monastic would, would do or live in every moment. Every moment they everything they would do, they would do with mindfulness. They would eat, they eat mindfully not what they do, eat mindfully. They clean mindfully. They get dressed mindfully. They do certain constructive activities mindfully. They serve the you know, surrounding community and and each other mindfully, and so that's what this is all about: living with the energy of mindfulness, or really more specifically, making your best effort to live more mindfully in each moment. This is a difficult effort; it takes a lot of work, and even with a lot of work, you'll find you can only be, you know, mindful for ten percent of a day, and even that's amazing, honestly. Um, So it's just making the effort to live more mindfully. But again, I've got a lot of great resources in the blog and the podcast for you that you can utilize to do this. So I'm not going to go into too much detail on this. But these last two two points are very important. I wanted to make sure to mention them. They're a big part of living with the spirit of Zen. So number eight, identify the resistance and remove it. And uh, by that I mean lean into your problems and don't run from them for the most part. That's what this is talking about. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the episode an old post I wrote called Zen and the Art of Adapting Life's Curveballs. That's really what this is about. So uh, if you're interested in this point specifically, make sure to check out that post. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, that, this principle really is all about identifying the ways in which we resist what is in our life. Different things happen in our life, and a lot of times we resist them because we don't like them. That's called aversion. Uh, attachment it gets kind of all the attention in Buddhist uh, practice and philosophy. Um, but attachment is really only one part of the equation. Aversion is another very important part. So if attachment is holding on to things, aversion is pushing them away. And so in this case, we're talking about identifying the aversion, the resistance, identifying that act of pushing away. So when something happens, our dislike of that is aversion. We're saying, I don't like this, I don't want it in my life, I want to push it away, as opposed to welcoming it and allowing it in. Which of course can be easier said than done, but we're talking about making our best effort. And we're talking about, remember, embodying the practice. And we're, we're talking about practicing. We're talking about working towards something, working on something, not just something we can click on. For the most part, these are practices, things that we work to embody in our life. And this is no different. So leaning into your problems, not running from them, accepting them wholeheartedly, and just allowing these things in to your life, into yourself, into your being, into your mind, and just accepting them as they are, and just working on, working on doing that. And yeah, just, just really accepting what happens in your life, whether good or bad. And again, a practice that's to be worked on. It's, it's difficult to effort, not something that'll just happen right away. So you don't think that I'm saying that this is something you can switch on. It takes work, but it's an important part of living with the spirit of Zen and just being with this moment. Fundamentally, it's about being with this moment as it is, just as we do in mindfulness practice, in our meditation practice. We acknowledge everything non-judgmentally and we allow it to be here with us, whether it's we consider it good or bad, whether we like it or we don't like it. So number nine do one thing. Now, this is all about really essentially single tasking as opposed to multitasking. And it can sound, it's really the simplest point on this list. And it can sound super simple, but it's really powerful to me because, as I mentioned earlier, living with with mindfulness can be a very difficult effort, even if you make your best effort. You're lucky if you live 5%, 10% more mindfully. And that's That's amazing. That takes a lot of work. Uh, So one thing that I've found helps is sort of to unpack the basic principles of what it means to do something mindfully. And one of those is simply to be concentrated in your efforts, to do one thing at a time, single task. And when you focus on sort of one of these sub-principles, like doing one thing at a time, single tasking, it has a way of more easily helping you compel mindfulness out from you. In certain situations as opposed to always trying to focus on I need to be mindful I need to be mindful it's really about simplifying the effort and therein by simplifying the effort it makes it easier for us to implement mindfulness and you find that just by doing one thing whereas you know maybe you are used to opening a door with one hand and holding something with another hand or holding looking at your phone while you open a door and instead you open the door with both hands Or, you know, holding your phone in your hand and picking up your cup. Instead, you pick up the cup with both hands and you drink with both hands holding the cup. You find that you are sort of compelled to be mindful more often by doing that. A sort of action step here is to focus on the physical body. If you focus on doing something in a more focused way with the physical body, that has an effect on the mind. And that's a very that's a way that you can very easily identify where you are sort of attempting to multitask. You know we, we don't necessarily know that we're trying to multitask, but there's certain conditioned patterns that we have that largely go unnoticed. Uh, again, opening a door with one hand, why maybe while maybe looking at our phones, Reading an email at the same time or something. Uh, that's an example of something that you know, most of us don't even notice that we're doing, or we don't necessarily call it multitasking, but we are. And we don't notice that we do little things like that throughout our day. So making the effort to be more focused in our effort, more just doing the one thing that's most important in that moment. If I'm walking through a door, just be there fully to open the door if you're taking a cup or taking a drink from your cup of, of coffee in the morning, be there fully to drink that cup of coffee. If you're having a conversation with someone, don't be looking at your phone, checking your your Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, you know Snapchat, whatever it might be, while the person's talking. Even if it's sort of a casual conversation, be there fully to listen to the person. And notice how that changes things. Notice how that compels mindfulness out from you. You're not necessarily telling yourself you have to be mindful. You're just saying, "I'm just gonna just be here doing this one thing that's most important in this moment." That's what it's all about. So again, real simple thing, easy to implement, and really helps compel mindfulness from you too. And this is really all about what living with the the the, the spirit of Zen rather is is all about. If you think about uh, what it was like to be uh, a Zen monastic. Uh, There was always that focus on that activity in that moment, complete focus on that activity in that moment, whether it was eating or cleaning or serving in some way or their meditation practice. So last but not least, number 10 is to respect and appreciate life. And this is another big one, but I'm really going to focus on appreciating life. And this is a point that is really, it's all about living in a way to where you work on becoming more finely tuned in to the beauty of life in each moment. And some points on this list help you begin to do that naturally. You're going to see that there's a real interconnected nature to a lot of these different principles. Certain principles help with others. Uh, Others, you know, some lead into others, which then lead into another. Uh, Some go hand in hand to kind of pair well. Um, there's sort of different shades of the same thing. So there's, there's a lot of connections between these various different points. And so some of the things on this list will help begin to just cultivate that naturally in you, a deeper respect and an appreciation for life. But this is so important. And uh, you know, service in Zen practice is sort of included in here. And just paying more attention to all life that's around you Whether, you know, another human being or a plant or an animal or something else. And just paying attention to the beauty that exists in that thing. And mindfulness and meditation practice really helps you begin to do that. Clearing the mind, creating a more clear pathway to observe what truly is um, reality as it is. allows you to notice things that you've never noticed before. And uh, that a lot of times is just the simple beauty of just the... Sort of inspiring wonder of the simple things in nature. And so respect and appreciate life, really this is something to cultivate, something to work on. Uh, but it's uh, what I consider a very important principle of living with with the spirit of Zen. So as I mentioned, some of these principles are very simple. Some of these principles are harder to understand, or maybe they have to do with principles that are sort of counter to, to how you live, uh, or... You know, maybe you noticed you live that way or not. Some of these are simple to understand, but they they take some work to implement. Uh, in general, just about all of these have real simple things you can begin to do to implement them in your life. Um, but they're all very, very valuable. Uh, so they're all kind of on this spectrum from simple to more difficult to easy to understand to sort of including different principles maybe that we're not familiar with, depending on how familiar you are with, you know, Zen and Buddhist practice and meditation and mindfulness. So, but they all have great value and they all help us live more with this spirit of Zen in our life as it is right now. Not moving to Japan or moving to a monastery, becoming a monk or a nun or anything like that. Just living our life right here as it is more with that spirit of Zen so we can build uh, that foundation, so we can lay the foundation, so we can plant those seeds for greater peace and joy and balance and calm in our daily life. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know we covered a lot. Uh, Again, I hope you got a lot from it, and I hope you enjoyed Learning how to, uh, to live more with the spirit of Zen. As I mentioned, this is something that I've been working on for some time. It's something that I'm very much interested in. It's taking these principles of Zen and really living them in your daily life. And it's a, it's a big part of why Buddha Moni exists in general and teaching people how to do that. And and as I mentioned earlier in the episode, a big reason for that is because we were conditioned. We were raised to live in a way that's, that's kind of opposite of many of these principles. Where we're, we purposely make ourselves suffer more and we sacrifice our happiness now for this imaginary, uh, you know, everlasting happiness uh, at the end of uh, uh, this rainbow, which just doesn't exist. It's life doesn't work that way. We need to cultivate peace and happiness, and we can, we have the ability to right here in this moment. And we need to live and work in a way to where we take care of ourselves and those around us and what's most important to us. Live and work in a way to where we place the most of our energy on what's really important to us. So, again, I hope you got a lot from this episode. And, again, if you'd like to get more, you can go to buddhaimonia.com check out the blog, uh, various different mindfulness and meditation guides. You can check out the podcast episode show notes. There's going to be a lot of show notes for this particular episode. So you can check those out on the blog as well. Uh, And you can go to buddhaimonia.com forward slash newsletter. Get on the newsletter. Uh, Again, I'll send you my little book of of mindfulness uh, to get you started on mindfulness practice for free. And various other gifts as well for signing up. You'll get my latest podcast, uh, blog episode, podcast episodes, blog, um, blog posts, new guides that I I bring out, various different new courses. This year, I'm working on a lot of different courses, uh, one by one. uh, But I've got a lot of really great courses that I'm working on. Uh, Of course, the first one for those of you who are part of the newsletter, you uh, were introduced the first one. And I've uh, got a lot of really great group of students that we're working with now. And of course, that's a meditation for everyday life. Uh, enrollment is closed for that now, um, but I'm working uh, with a group of students now, and I'm uh, just really excited about that and what that course is going to be able to do for everybody. Um, and of course, I'll let everybody know when enrollment opens up for that next as well. But there's a lot of different courses, again, as I mentioned, I'm working on this year, and uh, one will include uh really helping you live more with this spirit of zen, uh as I often call it. I don't know where I got that from. I don't know if I if I'm actually coining that or if I got that from something else from a book that I read. Uh, but it's just sort of how I always refer to it. Living with the spirit of Zen. And I like I like referring it to that way. So I'll see you next week for next week's episode. Make sure to check out this week's guided meditation which is going to be sort of a redo of of the traditional Zazen uh, practice, which is essentially just the the traditional Zen meditation practice. Uh, I did this a while back, but I wasn't totally happy with how it turned out, honestly, uh, just for a few different reasons, so I decided to redo it, and it turned out great, even better. So make sure to check that out. It goes perfectly alongside this week's episode. Uh, so that's episode number 37. It's episode right after this. Uh, so you can check that out as well. Uh, so having said that, again, I hope you got a lot of value from this week's episode. Check out the guided to Meditation, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Peace.